Hello, welcome to the Car Stories Podcast, brought to you by the Peterson Automotive Museum. My name is Kyle Hyatt. With me, as always, James McKeon. Yeah, there he is. He uh, he's stopping he's stopping crimes. He's uh, investigating mysteries. He's protecting Matthew McConaughey's good name. That's right. In the streets of Los Angeles, we're glad to have you here. Thank you, thank you. And we're also glad to have Mr. Lauren Healy, because uh, Ultra Four Racing is the coolest thing ever, and uh, this man is awesome at it. And uh, he's in town for Nitto's Auto Enthusiast Day down at uh, uh, Angel Stadium in Anaheim. But somehow, we duped him into coming up to Los Angeles mm-hmm. on a Friday morning. Beating that traffic. Yeah, well, he certainly did. He, got, he beat me here. Um, <laughs> and I was on a motorcycle. There you go. Yeah. So, welcome to the podcast. Uh, thanks, guys. I'm really excited to be here. And uh, first time up here to Peterson's. It's really neat. I'm definitely excited. Awesome. Yeah. So, we, we took you around the vault already, which was cool. Do you have any, any favorites uh, down there yet? Um, all the really, really old stuff that, you know, I just, our culture doesn't ever really get to see is what's really neat to me down there. Uh, okay. nothing s- specific, but the definitely cool stuff. I accept that answer. Good. Excellent. And we also know now what year is around door Rolls Royce, Kyle? 1924. And what year was it rebodied? 1935. That's correct. That's right. Yeah. We had, um, yesterday we had an interview with a gentleman named Simon Kidston, which, uh, you guys will have already heard listeners, but, um, he uh, he happened to know about 300% more facts than James and I combined. And I know nothing. So it was really easy in that point. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, let's get started. So going all the way back to the beginning, how what, what got you interested in, in cars in general and like off-roading them in particular? Like what, what really lit that fire for you? You know, I grew up in Farmington, New Mexico, which is kind of where rock crawling was, was, was born, so okay. to speak. You know, that area was a big part of it. And so when I was a kid, there was a big influence there. There was a lot of com- uh, competitive rock calling events and we used to go to them. You know, we'd, we'd go watch Walker Evans and Shannon Campbell and those guys do the rock calling events and you would just, you kind of got hooked. Mm-hmm. Um, and like what, like how did you get started actually doing it? Would you just like say like, what I got was, this truck. Yeah, what was a transition? Uh, exactly. I mean, I, I was in high school and I'd, you know, then I had to go try it. My old beat up 76 scout that I was going to go and, nice. and try to be one of the rock crawlers. And we broke it and beat it up and learned how to wrench on stuff and, awesome. and, you know, always working on it. So that kind of started into it. And as, as I graduated high school and, and kind of uh, got more into the scene, we were constantly out rock crawling, uh, you know, built a uh, Jeep TJ and just kind of evolved with the sport until uh, we got a chance to come do it competitively with King of the Hammers. That's and, awesome. And when you started, what was it that you found wrenching on first that you had to fix first? It was constantly the Dana 44 rear end in the Scout. Okay. And we would just go to the junkyard and get a whole nother rear end and bolt <laughs> yeah. it under there. It wasn't there worth changing the ring and pinion. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, we have a, we have a pretty, uh, pretty awesome scout upstairs that you might be excited about. It's really early scout. Nice. Yeah. It's green. Yeah. I like the color. Yeah. I'm a fan too. Um, so, I mean, how did that scout, I mean, obviously going out, breaking it, changing it, like what was the progression for you? So you, you, you kept breaking axles. So presumably you at some point upgraded axles and stopped breaking them like how did that that go i sold the scout <laughs> that's, <laughs> excellent that's yes. an easy way to do it it's the best way to do it pull the ripcord i like yeah. it what'd you get out what, what what came after the scout so you're the, just a tj tj yeah okay. and that's where you know we i learned kind of how to be more of a rock crawler in that and you know it, it made me a good driver uh made you pick lines short wheelbase not very wide mm-hmm. uh and and definitely learned a ton and i rolled it four or five times and then you know, I'm sure that was harrowing. Right. And then uh, transferred into a, an actual rock crawling buggy after that. That's awesome. So, like, 
For, for those of, of us who have never attempted to rock crawl, apart from James and I's excellent land cruiser experience. Ooh, yeah, that, that really was rock crawling at its oh, finest, yeah. I you think, at that You can't even point. so much flex. So much. <laughs> in the stock suspension on street tires. Um, how, like, what, what makes a good rock crawling, like, not necessarily a buggy or even a truck, like, what, if somebody wanted to start doing it, as I'm sure many of our intrepid listeners might be interested in doing after listening to this, like, what, how, what am I trying to say? How, like, how do they, how do you get into it? Like, what, what's a good place to start? Like, where do you kind of start to develop those skills? Is it just a matter of going out and breaking stuff and trying not to die? Or is there a way, easier way to do it? Yeah, no, a little bit of that. I mean, it's getting comfortable on, on dirt roads and that type of stuff, the, the easier stuff first. And then you start evolving your rig, you know, bigger tires, lockers, you know, low range transfer cases. You just kind of start to evolve that way and, and you can start tackling the tougher and more difficult obstacles. Okay. All right. James, take note. I am. Lots of notes. Excellent. For the next time anyone wants to let us borrow a uh, off-roading vehicle. Yeah, never oh, again. Yes. It'll never happen again. <laughs> um, so you, you, know, you, you, you had your TJ and then you transitioned into uh, rock crawling buggies. Like, what was that, that process like going? I mean, do, did you have a hand in the design process? Or was it just like uh, that one and then somebody built it and you went that and That came it? at the price point. You're like, this is the right amount of money. This yeah. is how much I've got to spend. Let's do a deal here. It's actually a really funny story. So Randy Rod, the owner of Jimmy's 4x4, he was the one that was helping me work on my TJ at the time. And we were trying to make it a better rock crawler. It was up at his shop and he didn't tell me he took it out, out playing around rock crawling in it <laughs> and wrecked it and rolled it. Okay. Oh, so, that worked out well for everybody then. <laughs> but he didn't tell me about it. So we had been talking about building a buggy for, you know, a year or so anyways. And he said, he called me and said, Hey, I'm going to make you a screaming deal on building, building you this buggy. <laughs> I've got your Jeep already sold. <laughs> nice. We're building a buggy with the money from it. And I was just super excited. Um, it was one of the first buggies they had ever built. They were in a little one bay shop and, you know, now, so they go out and build me this buggy that, that was just amazing. But that's what I, that's what we did for fun for years. That's all. My friends, my family, that's all we did. But more importantly, when did he tell you after the fact that he'd rolled your TJ? I would say eight years later. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> that's way past any kind of statute yeah, of limitations. Of At that point, it's like, you know, I think we can move on from then that. Then it's a funny story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not mad at him. Here, well, here, hold this beer for me for a second. So I got, <laughs> let's, let's take, take a second and talk about uh, something that happened. Yeah. Um, that's, that's super cool. So tell, tell us a little bit about that first buggy. Like, what was it? I mean, I'm sure it wasn't of the screaming exotic crazy uh, ultra four thing that you used to now like what what were the kind of the bones of it it, it was a, a super basic chassis that had junkyard axles underneath it um you know the only thing that it had the 383 small block chevy in it that had some pretty decent horsepower and some sticky tires so you know it's just you could beat on it and wreck it and roll it over and over and over again and that's really where my driving style came from as, as learning how to drive that and, nice. and beat on it you know, every weekend we were going on trips all over the country and just where I started. That's awesome. So how did you transition into Ultra 4? I mean, that's got to be a pretty crazy story because, I mean, for those of you who don't know, Ultra 4 is pretty extreme. It's kind of like the Formula One of off-roading. It's pretty nuts. Like the, the, the vehicles that are used are just unbelievably capable. What they're able to do boggles the mind. And the place, the places where they're raced, I mean, King of the Hammers, for example, is, you know, basically one of the least hospitable places I think I've ever been. <laughs> and, and these guys go out and tear it up. Like, 
how, like what was the story like how how'd that go was that progression so uh, also a pretty good story there um we were the hardcore wreck wheeling crowd and you couldn't buy sticky tires only the competitive guys could so the owner of ultra four dave cole was at a competition event in farmington in my backyard you know a couple miles from my house and we decided we were going to sign up for one event so we could buy competitive sticky tires nice just you know planets aligning we meet Dave, Dave Cole, have a couple beers, you know, become friends with him. And he says, you've got to come try this King of the Hammers event. And we're like, well, we don't, we don't really do the competitive stuff. We just wanted to be able to buy sticky tires mm-hmm. because nobody can get them for us. And he told us all about how it's not cone dodging. It's you're driving fast. You're having fun. And, you know, it's more like you're out wreck wheeling from trail to trail and in a hurry. And at the end, you know, we're kind of racing for a case of beer at the end. And so we decided we were going to take my old beat up trail car and we were going to go try this stupid King of the Hammers event nice. and, and see what we could do. And what was the, the result of your first outing? <laughs> so it, it went well. Um, we, I'd never raced before. I qualified second. That's my first time in a race wow, car. Which isn't okay. too bad. Right. Not too bad. Right. No, that's pretty good. Yep. Um, and I'm just super excited. So we go out and. You know, we're doing really well. We're passing all kinds of people. Race is going great. And then I just break the car literally in half, like break the chassis in half. The shocks are broken apart. Go big or go home. Yeah. We, we, or go break, big and go home in this case. Yeah. Yeah. Break through the seats. We light the exhaust on fire. I mean, oh, it's going well. And, and this is in like five miles. Excellent. <laughs> of a, of a hundred mile race. So I like it. But I'm hooked, completely hooked. Like but this, importantly, did you still get a case of beer at the end of it? No, no. Oh. I, I had a very broken car and and an obsession to go be a race car okay. driver. Okay. So, and a long drive back to New Mexico. Yes, a long drive back to New Mexico. Um, went home, convinced my wife to take out a second mortgage on the house. <laughs> there and, you go. And build a race car. What a tolerant woman. Yes. Shout, I, shout out. She's here right now. <laughs> Thank you for being for being that 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 understanding yep absolutely so we went home um talked to the guys at jimmy's four by four uh who you know were just starting to think about building race cars had maybe built one at that point and mm-hmm. built a real race car you know it was on a budget uh, i think we spent fifty thousand dollars on it which would get you nothing in the ultra four world today yeah um this is 2009 it wouldn't get you a set of shocks probably no. right <laughs> yep i mean this is 2009 where the sport's just starting to evolve and came back for my next race, the King Hammers, and won the race. Wow! Yeah, fantastic. That's nuts. Um, so what, like, what to you, uh, is kind of the most challenging aspect of King of the Hammers? Because it's such a kind of a diverse event. There's so many, different... so many things. Yeah, it is. I mean, they, they're. I, I don't know. Um, luckily, I had the background of the rock crawling my whole life. That it, that stuff kind of comes naturally. All the desert guys, the, you know, BJ Baldwin and Robert McEachern that come and try to race with us, mm-hmm. they can't figure out the rocks. You know, yeah. they're amazing in the desert because that's not what they do, but they can't figure out the rocks. And, and it's the race is kind of won in the rocks and lost in the desert is what we say. That makes sense. I mean, I imagine the learning curve is a lot steeper. Yeah. You and know. you've got a few more exp- years of experience on those rocks. It's probably have. marginally easier to, to drop the hammer in the middle of an open desert and try not to hit a tortoise. Yep. Then, yep. uh, inch your way up uh the, and I've, having seen some of the obstacles there i mean i i, I don't even understand like physically yeah, how, how, is, how does it work like well, it's just nuts and you really are you're planning these lines four or five obstacles ahead you're figuring out where the placement of the vehicle needs to be and i think that's what they don't understand they they drive to the obstacle and then try to figure out how to traverse it which you know the, the guys that are really good at this you know already have figured that out a sure. hundred yards back 
Sure. As a as a not friend of the podcast, Denzel Washington would say it's it's chess. It's not checkers. That's right. That's right. Um, so you uh, you you're currently driving for Nitto, among other people. Yep. Um, obviously, that's the reason why you're in town. How did that relationship get started? You've been with them for quite a while now. I have. You know, 2011, they showed up out on the lake bed wanting to get involved with Ultra 4. Um, had brought some of their kind of street tires out and put them on a couple not really competitive cars, but, you know, and, and started wanting to get involved. And they called us at the end of 2011 and said, you know, what's it going to take? What's the budget need to be? And and we told them, you know, we need the best tire out there. And we did a ton of research, you know, people flew over to Japan, Jason Shear did a ton of testing out in Johnson Valley, and, you know, we, we developed the best tire for Ultra 4 and King of the Hammers, and it's just been complete dominance ever since. You yeah. Know, they've won almost yeah, every race, everything. every championship. Yeah. Podium everything. sweeps are not uncommon. No, no, yeah. it happens all the time. I mean, it, it does help that they've got most of the best drivers in Ultra 4 on yeah, their that, team. I mean, that, you know, that helps the deck as well. a little bit. Right. It's always handy. Right. Yeah. Right on. Um, so... What are, uh, I mean, what are some of your, your personal vehicles that aren't necessarily your, your race vehicle? Like now, what do you do if you're not, if you're not in the ultra four buggy, like what do you go out and do for fun? Um, we've got an awesome family wheeler. We've got a, a 2013 Jeep JK that's just built to the hill. Got that thing is the, the JK has changed the game completely. Yeah. Like, cause yeah, the four wheeler, the four, um, the long wheelbase one with the four doors and stuff like it, it's, it really has. It's yeah. super capable. You know, it's got 40 inch tall tires on it. Nice. King big bypasses and shocks and stuff so excellent it'll do anything you know we we did two thousand miles up in alaska last summer in it wow uh, we just spent two weeks on the rubicon two weeks ago you know and turn around and drive it home it's it's just Perfect. it's an amazing vehicle it's a lot of fun i hope you don't have to do as much wrenching on that as your first year. not quite as much but there's still if you a drive a bit it, race car drivers tend to tear stuff up so sure. yeah. i would yeah. never have guessed that that a race car driver would be cause a little bit more maintenance than usual yeah well you know at least, yeah, hopefully you have like a little help turning the wrenches this time around I do yep we got to get an awesome crew excellent um so let's uh w- one of the one of the things that 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 really kind of brought you to my attention is this incredible video that you made um where you needed to go get some uh, milk some milk some milk yeah, yeah the, the milk run and, um, you, and you did it you did it with a certain degree of style and uh, and precision and panache yeah joie de vivre if yes. you will yeah um we were actually in moab for easter jeep safari um and heavy metal concepts is the one that filmed it uh, we do a lot of uh, video content for Nitto and some of our other sponsors with them. Mm-hmm. And we were just out gathering some content out in whitewash sand dunes. You know, we were going to just throw together some short clips and stuff. And when we we did the big step up and then we, we jumped off the sand dune, we're like, and we looked at the video, we we're like, we got to do more with this. We got to, you know, so we had no budget, no experience, no anything. Um but we we kind of felt like we had a little bit more than just your normal ten second social media sure. clip. Of course, yeah. yeah, that's awesome. So I mean, like, what was the response from that for from people? Like, is that something? Like, do people still come up apart from James and I because we're nerds? Do people still talk to you about that? Or in in my local town, because a lot of it was filmed there, I was driving through the garage door. Um, yeah, so that's know, what I was going to ask about you the get garage side, door. Side eye from you the said, local constabulary. Yeah, right. There was no budget here, so who paid to get the garage door repaired? Uh, Nitto may have slid me a set of tires to cover for a new <laughs> new garage door. That seems like a fair trade, right? I like it, um, but. But yeah, I'm uh, I'm known in my local town for the milk run, not for being a race car driver. Okay, <laughs> all right, that's good. I like it. I like it. You get, you so get... if anyone in your local town now needs errands, they just give you a quick call and say, "Look, we need this quick. All right, Pre- can you 
Pretty much. Yeah, right. Pretty but much. Just don't, and you get, like, we can't do the garage door this time. It's yes. too many. I like it. Um, what, uh, what do you want to do next? I mean, obviously, like, Ultra 4 continues to be crazy and challenging, and it, and the buggies change all the time, like, the technology advances. Um, what, like, what do you want to do? I mean, obviously, you probably want to keep doing that, but, like, what do you want to do next? What other, what other stuff are you trying to get into? So, I just quit my job, um, working in the oil and gas industry in New Mexico. Congratulations. I've been doing, so we've been racing full time for this, this year. You know, we, we planned on, just doing, you know, um, promo events like Auto Enthusiast Day, SEMA. You know, we're off doing all this Jeep promotion and stuff. So I think the next step will probably be getting into my own shop type of stuff where we start building some sort of vehicles and doing that type of stuff. Sure. Um, so I'm trying to get comfortable with not having a normal salary, normal sure. job, normal. I'm sure someone else that's very close who's also <laughs> yes. trying to get comfortable with that yeah. as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, it's going very well. I I definitely can't complain, but I threw all that retirement and insurance and all that nice cushy oh, stuff yeah. we've had for all the years out the window and, and we're uh, living on a race car salary now. So yeah. <laughs> I'm getting comfortable with that and then we'll start stepping into the next stuff. Um, I really do want to race some other venues. Ultra four is amazing and it's a hot sport right now, but I don't, I don't know how long that'll last. So sure. I would love to race in a trophy truck, you know, in the desert, a uh, short course truck in like Torque or Lucas. Mm-hmm. There's, there's a lot of other off-road stuff I'd like to do as well. Yeah. Short course is super neat. Um, uh, not for the podcast, but for a different thing that uh, we did, I got to interview Casey Curry and talk about that. Yep. And uh, yeah, just, it sounds like the most fun ever. Yeah, a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And ditto for trophy trucks. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what you grow up as boyhood, you know, on the wall, there's a trophy truck on your, on your sure. wall. So yeah, I've, I've always wanted to, and, and hopefully we'll get the opportunity to do that shortly. Yeah. Yeah. I think James and I are going to watch dust to glory like six more times and try and race the Baja in his, in your Fiat. It's the only way to do it. Really? Isn't it? <laughs> yeah. It'll probably last longer than my crappy broken, perpetually broken Mercedes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So what, uh, do you have any other kind of like uh, automotive interests apart from off-road stuff or it's pretty heavily off-road. I mean, that's, that's definitely my that's thing. Smart. Uh, fast street cars are, I've, I've had some bad experiences with those. So I'm, you know, that's not my Probably thing. Probably because they weren't shot in it out rubber. That's what I'm guessing. Po- possibly. Could possibly. Be, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's definitely mostly Jeep off-road lifted truck. That's, that's definitely my market. That's nice. And if, for example, you will give some advice to someone, say like Kyle and myself that do really enjoy getting out there and trying to hit those really hard, tough trails early. That's right. El Mirage isn't ready for us. Exactly. Where would you suggest? What's the best way to begin and things like that? What's the, what would your advice be for someone to try and look into this to give it a shot at least? You know, um, it's definitely start, start small, go out to some really cool scenic areas. You know, if you can get up into the mountains on some easy dirt roads and get comfortable with, with whatever your situation is first before you start doing mm. some really stupid stuff. And would you always suggest having someone else with you? Oh, yes, and absolutely. And a second vehicle just in case you might break something? At least, yes. Be prepared. Always have, you sure. know, some sort of food and supplies and that type of stuff. Maybe not get too far out of, <laughs> out of your element and have the right vehicle. I mean, if, you know, be prepared, definitely. Good advice. So you think having a refrigerator and center console is certainly the way to go like we did in the Land Cruiser? That's a that's a good way to go. Cheese, a little bit of food. Chocolate. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, packed it full of LaCroix, some nice, yeah, some some fine cheeses. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, it was good. Um, So uh, what about, I mean, obviously you're a big fan of the Jeep platform and you're talking about the JK and stuff. Um, What 
do you think are some maybe slightly more affordable platforms than than the JK? Because that's still not cheap. No, I, I mean there's definitely a, a lot of very older capable vehicles. Even you know if you want to stay with the G platform with the with the TJs mm-hmm. and and the YJs and the CJs, you know back in the day. Um, your Toyota market is is very well supported by the aftermarket, so sure. you know you can you can take a Toyota and and go a lot of places in them there for sure. So. James, so your your uh, Back to the Future replica truck build is is it's not still way to go, not in vain. That's good, excellent. And uh, what have you got set up? You said you're going to be going to SEMA this year. What do you know? What the plans are to be based around that or? Um, not for sure on SEMA. We usually have a vehicle or two, um, with Nitto and, and their booth, you know, whether it's the race car, we're building a new race car right now that we're hoping we'll have done about that time. Um, and we're usually, you know, not in any specific place, but usually wandering through the show and, and hanging out with everybody in the evenings. Awesome. Um, what are some, uh, upcoming events that, uh, people would maybe go see you, uh, at? So um, we've got a few more races left in the season right now. We'll be racing up in Fallon, Nevada uh, here on Labor Day. And then our national championship is in October. Um, and that's a really cool race up in Reno, Nevada uh, that's up at the Wild West Motorsports Park. Okay. And it's door-to-door short course racing oh, wow. with King of the Hammers rock crawling mixed in the middle of it. People Whoa. driving over the top of each other, lots of wrecks, lots of rolls. You know, we get about 20,000 spectators come out and watch it. It's it's really a great weekend. And that's bananas. Yes. That's it's, like worth the price of a plane ticket to Reno. I think that's worth a drive. Yeah, a drive on a flight, I think. No, I've, I've, have you driven to Reno before? Yeah, well, Definitely fly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, fly. Ra- we race there four times a year. I, yeah. I hear you're paying on the drive. Yeah. Um, no, that sounds awesome. Right on. Um, and if people wanted to find uh, you know, your stuff on social media or find you, or actually, let's before we get to that, uh, if people wanted to check out your sponsors, you got to give them some love. Yeah, no, I have a, an amazing group of sponsors. Um, you know, Jimmy's four by four and I have been together, you know, they, we've kind of grown together. They're turned into the biggest business building rock crawlers and ultra four now. Mm-hmm. Um, Just don't lend him your Jeep. Right. No, don't. Not at all. No, no. Or if you do make sure he's got a good, he's ready to get you something back for it at the end of it. That's yep. right. Yep. Um, you know, you, we talked a little bit about Nitto tires. They've been phenomenal to me and really have helped push me out into the sport and and get behind me and put us out there uh wheel pros who they were my very first financial sponsor after i won king of the hammers in 2010 they called me and said hey you know we're, we're wanting to get involved with ultra four you're the hot new kid let's let's start working together we've been together ever ever since so awesome they were my first you know the one where I probably was ready to quit racing, and they said, hey, here's a few bucks. Yeah. <laughs> it's just <laughs> enough to keep you going. Just, maybe, money. maybe enough gas money. Um, MBRP and I have been working for together for a couple of years now. You know, those those are my really big sponsors nice. that are, that have taken very good care of me, so I'm very grateful for them. Brad, and, and if people want to find you uh, on the internets, on social media and that kind of thing? Yeah, on you can find me on, uh, on Instagram. It's just Lauren underscore Healy, and on Facebook, just Lauren Healy as well. So Awesome. Luckily, I have not a very common name, so yeah, that works out okay. Nice yep. and easy. Yeah, yep. nice and easy. James, where can people find you and your excellent work on the internet? They can find me at nobreaking.com or no breaking on Facebook and no breaking on Instagram. What about you, Kyle? Where can they go find you and your cats? Uh, uh, that, that's on Instagram. That'd be Kyle J Hyatt. And if they want to find the Peterson Museum, where would they find the Peterson Museum? Well, we should assume that they found it already because they're listening to the podcast. However, Unless one of their friends has subscribed to the podcast surreptitiously through their iPhone and they did not realize it. That's a good point. Got to account for that. Which you should do, by the way, to all your friends listening. You should right. make sure you do that. Wait till they go to the bathroom and, and then... Quick, and their phone. That's right. Subscribe. Um, 
yeah, you find the Peterson Museum. It's P-E-T-E-R-S-E-N dot org. If you put O's in there, it's apart your, from the org, you're going to have a bad time. It's terrible. We don't Try. know where you're going to find it. No, you're going to, who knows where you can it's end up. It's a wormhole that you don't want to go down. Somewhere on the dark at least web. four or five times before. That's right. Um, and you can find us on social media too. Uh, that's Peterson Museum. Uh, on Instagram and Facebook, and Peterson underscore Museum on Twitter. And as we've already mentioned, make sure you subscribe. Tell your friends to subscribe to the podcast because we love having new listeners. We also love to hear from you. So if you've mm-hmm. got any questions, you can always ask those questions on Facebook or Instagram or even on the podcast site itself there on iTunes or Shout Engine. And James will personally answer every one of them. I will. I will. I answer all the fan mail. It's not very difficult at the moment, but I want it to be a very challenging task going forward. So please help me with that. That's right. And uh, yeah, definitely make sure you go check out Lauren because uh, he's awesome and he's doing cool stuff Very all cool. the time. And, you know, if you have the opportunity, go check out an Ultra 4 race. It's ridiculous. It's one of the coolest motorsports events, I think. Well, not really that cool. Well, it's cool to watch, but not generally cool to attend. Yeah, no, they, they generally sometimes. host them um, in like the sixth circle of hell. But yeah, it's... Uh, apart from that, it's great. It's great. It's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway. It's just preparing for later on in life, I think, is what you go shoot when uh, you go watch. Yeah, sunscreen, mm-hmm. maybe a camp chair, you know, Personal six cases shot. of beer. Yeah, at least. Yeah. Anyway, well, thank you guys for, for checking us out yet again. And uh, we'll be back at you next Tuesday with um, someone else. Yeah, a different human being. Bye-bye. Vaya con Dios. <laughs>